Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 24, Christmas Resolutions. Months ago, I decided I wasn't going to knit Christmas presents this year. I think it was just after I finished knitting the Christmas mittens for last year, which happened in late January. This year, I promised myself I wasn't going to do it again. I wouldn't put myself under that kind of time crunch with that level of expectation. Nope, no knitting Christmas presents in 2013. Of course, now that I'm done my Christmas shopping, I'm starting to look at my yarn stash and think, oh, plenty of time for small things like Christmas ornaments. Sure, I really should know better. Crafting and Christmas just go hand in hand for me. It's the way I was raised and how the people around me did things. One of my aunts in Denmark would make Christmas pins for a whole host of people, including us, each year until a few years ago. Wire Nissa elves, foam Christmas trees, tiny knitted bells, each year a different idea, construction, and execution. I have enough pins to wear a different one to work each day of December, and I still won't get through them all. One of our big family traditions is craft dinner. We get together with another family, and each year we make a Christmas craft. We've made walnut mice, paper hearts, Christmas centerpieces, beaded ornaments, many different types of crafts, and it's always followed by a lovely Danish lunch. We've learned over the years that we need to cut it down from the usual six courses down to only three or four, but it's always good food, good company, and fun crafts. This year we're holding it on the 14th, so the next episode might just come to you from the road. But quite apart from the usual crafting that surrounds Christmas, I've made presents for people for many years. Even in BK time, before knitting, I remember frantically putting together cross-stitched ornaments in late December so that I could get them to my friends before the day in question. I don't remember if I got that set of crocheted placemats done on time either. In AK time, I don't think I've made a Christmas without one knitted present being late. Without fail, whenever I craft for Christmas, I plan, kit up, work, and yet somehow always run out of time. So this year, I decided not to. There's enough stuff on your plate, I told myself. No Christmas crafting. And yet, now here we are, the first Sunday in Advent, and I feel like there's a piece of my Christmas that's missing. It's not the Christmas decorations, which I've brought up from the basement and are waiting for me when I finish up the podcast. It's not the food restrictions, even though I can't have the usual holiday treats like eggnog, chocolate, or shortbread. It's not that I'm almost done my Christmas shopping, although I'm never done this early. It's not even that we haven't received one Christmas card yet, although considering that we haven't sent ours yet, I really shouldn't complain. No, it's that I look at my knitting projects... And aside from one interminable Kitchener stitch, none of them are for anyone but me. In December. There's something wrong with this picture. It makes me want to browse ornament patterns on Ravelry, or take out books of quick and easy or weekend knits from the library. It makes me want to stash dive to see what's in there that could 
make something small and festive. So it's become a mantra the last few days. I am not making gifts this year. I repeat it to myself over and over in the hopes that this feeling of wrongness, of something missing, will dissipate in the face of my resolve. Perhaps once the decorations are up, and our little tree is assembled and decorated, and once I have all the gifts wrapped and ready to go, there can be a sense of relaxation around Christmas, and I can just knit what I want, craft what I want. Even if that's a little stocking ornament, and even if it might find its way under a tree somewhere. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. I've been thinking about this episode's update for Fiber Week a lot in the last few days, mostly because in the last two weeks I haven't managed at all to get anything done. And and that bothers me a lot. Um, but one of the things that I have been thinking is that Master Spinner is a lot like doing an apprenticeship. And when you do an apprenticeship, at least here in Alberta and probably across Canada, you go to school for a while, but then you go and you work in your field and you get on-the-job training. Master Spinner is a lot like that. You go to school for a while and then you come back and you, you, you spin, you do your homework. But I, this isn't my full-time job. <laughs> I have a full-time job. I also have bum hips. I also have uh, digestive issues and chronic pain. And I also want to have a life. So these all, all these things sort of came together for me while I was feeling guilty about not getting any homework done. And I realized that that you know if I don't get homework done, well, if I if if every episode if every episode for the next six months comes back and I say I haven't gotten any homework done, that's bad. If I have a couple of weeks like I've had where food has been an issue and I completely messed up my upper back and and I've just been busy, then it's okay. Because this isn't my full time job. I still feel guilty. I mean I do. I, I really do want to get the homework done, but I have to, I have to take that piece of my brain and tell it to be quiet because if I'm not enjoying the homework, then what's the point? And at this point, the time that I would have to squeeze, uh, to squeeze the homework into wouldn't be enough. And then I wouldn't be enjoying it. So... So, no update on my homework, unfortunately. And I, I somehow have a feeling that the next couple of weeks aren't going to be any better for homework. But maybe what I will do, uh, even if I make a plan, I say, I'm going to spin the 8 TPI skein. Well, I've said that twice. I have yet to come up with an 8 TPI skein. So, I think I'll just keep going on the TPI exercise. 
if I'm really having problems with it, I'll, I'll move on to spinning cotton and silk and, and, you know, practice the whole TPI thing while I'm spinning cotton and silk and then come back to the TPI. I am off over Christmas. I've taken the days off. I am down in Calgary for a few days, but then I am here. And I think that will be an ideal time to sit down and, and, and work on the homework. You know, the, the, there won't be a lot of stuff left to do. I did a lot of stuff on my week off in November. And, uh, and I think I will sit down and say, these are my days to do homework and we'll see what happens. So that's level three, unfortunately. Level two, we'll move on to uh, exercise or module B3. I had trouble with module B3. And part of that was that the description of the exercise was a little vague. Um, We were to make five, five blends that added characteristics to different fibers. And which is great because in the, in the workbook or in the manual, there are, there's a list of the characteristics that fibers have. So you want to add memory to something, you add wool, probably a medium wool or a fine wool. But if you want to add memory to an inelastic fiber, nowhere in that list of uh, characteristics does it say this is an inelastic fiber. That was the part I had trouble with. I could easily figure out how to add memory or drape or or make something less slippery or lighten or add luster. It was the second half of that that I had trouble with. What is an inelastic fiber? What is a light fiber? What, uh, well, I know what a slippery fiber is because I spin them, but uh, what's a heavy fiber and what's a dull fiber? Those are the issues, the parts I had trouble with. I I did get a decent mark on this particular exercise. I lost marks on a few of them, just basically due to inconsistencies in the spinning. If there's anything that I can tell anybody out there doing level two is practice, practice, practice the consistency of your spinning. Because by the time you get to level three, they expect you to be able to spin a consistent single. And if you have the time and can make the time, just even if you're not doing your homework, practice spinning consistency. It's so important. So I lost a few marks for inconsistent singles and um, variable TPI in the ply. I also lost a few marks on my luster skein because I only added 10% silk uh, to what did I do? Um, alpaca. I added silk to alpaca and I only added 10%. Uh, to really get some luster, you really need to add more than that. So, but overall, you know, I got nice comments on uh, my choice of fibers, my explanations and my blending, which was homogenous, which is another important thing when you are blending blend enough that it doesn't look like chunky bits of each fiber. So I did most of my blending, actually did all of my blending on my hand cards. So 
yeah, this this exercise, I mean, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with this exercise. I found it difficult. And and as I said, it's because while I know what characteristics well, what positive characteristics fibers have because that's listed in the book, I haven't internalized what their negative characteristics are. So, if I were to you know, talk to someone who's doing a rewrite on this particular um, manual, I would say, don't only list the positive characteristics, also list the quote-unquote negative characteristics. That would help, you know, someone who hasn't worked with a whole lot of, of different fiber types and hasn't really internalized what they do to do this exercise. What is the next, ooh, next episode we get to talk about the color wheel which was one of my more favorite exercises in this particular level. So I don't expect to have an update on level three next episode. It's, it's really quite busy between in the next couple of weeks. But what I might try and do is find a way. One of the things that I have to do is mount the dyed skeins that we did uh, at at Fiber Week in an attractive manner. So I might try and find an attractive manner in which to mount said, uh, said dyed samples and hopefully get that done. And then at least I don't feel like I haven't accomplished anything on level three. So that's the Fiber Week update. Fiber notes. For all that I didn't get a ton of work done, or any work done on my homework the last couple of weeks, I have actually gotten quite a bit of, uh, of knitting and other stuff done. I finished off the Shattered Stars shawl yesterday, and I went looking at, at my Ravelry project, and that took me just under three weeks, and this baffles me. And I realize that a shawl is knit on four millimeter needles and a sock is knit on two millimeter needles. But why is it that the same amount of yardage, um, actually less, it takes me three months to knit a sock and three weeks to knit a shawl? I don't understand it. It, it, It just, it baffles me. But anyway, I have a shawl. I didn't have a chance to block it today. Uh, hopefully I will be able to get to that Monday night or tonight after the podcast is recorded because I'm sure it'll take a good couple days to dry. And then I will have a shawl. I loved this knit. It was fantastic. I, I didn't have to put stitch markers in for the pattern repeats until, oh, I don't know, just before the end. Uh, but then I'd done two pattern uh, two pattern rows in a row where I'd, I'd messed up somehow. So I was, I put in the stitch markers just to make it easier. The pattern is, is brilliant. I really enjoyed it. And then the way it looks in this particular yarn is fantastic. I was a little worried towards the end that I wouldn't have enough yarn for the cast off, but I did just barely. So it really does work for that nice skein of sock yarn that maybe you don't want to knit socks out of that you're wanting to knit a shawl out of, I highly recommend this pattern. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it blocks out as well. So for the, because it's a semicircular shawl. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. 
I'm, I'm hoping I'll get to it in the next couple of days. The leg warmers, I've also been working on those. They seem to be going pretty quickly. I, I, what I like about it is that it's an easy enough knit that I can do it, that I could do it after I was too tired to work on the shawl. So I could still knit for a little bit. And I've gotten quite, quite a ways. I'm about six inches before I have to switch back to the dark purple to do the ribbing over top of the knee. So, so, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. And and it's another pattern that I'm really enjoying. And, and I'm also enjoying uh, the combination of the yarn. The light purple yarn that I'm using isn't quite color fast. I, uh, I do end up with a bit of dye residue on my hands when I knit it, but hopefully once I wash it and throw a bit of vinegar in there, that will help. Um, seal on the color and and I'll have leg warmers which will be good we're uh, we're getting a winter storm here tonight and uh, yeah we're in for another long winter I'm sure of it so the sooner I get the leg warmers the better other than that I've been doing a bit of tidying up we usually put our Christmas tree on the table where I've been keeping all my works in progress so I went to take a look and clean that off and I found a few things that I really should be finishing the interminable kit- Kitchener stitch on the cuff of my mom's sweater is about one quarter done. I, I really do need to finish that off and then decide. So this one I've done where I've knit it up from the the bottom of the cuff. The other sleeve, which is already finished, I picked up around where I took the cuff off and knit down. Once I get the sleeve on, I'm going to have to take a look at it and decide if it looks okay or if I want to take that that cuff that's knit down, take it off, re-knit it up, and do another interminable Kitchener stitch. But I really do need to get that done before the 14th so that I can actually give the sweater back to my mom so that she can have it when it's cold down in Calgary too. Uh, I also have that second sock of the pair that I was working on where I only have to Kitchener the toe. And it's been sitting there for probably three weeks now. Oh, me and Kitchener Stitch. Just not happening right now. Anyway, Kitchener the toe, and then I have to do the darning of the uh, the reinforcement thread on the heel and the ball of the foot. And then I have another pair of socks. And then while I'm doing that, I should really darn the other pairs of socks that I have that are wearing through. So those are sort of my tidying up projects as well. I mean, there's a few other projects that I have on the go, but I really want to get those tidying up ones done because they're so small and all I need to do is basically sit down and do them and then they're done and then they don't have to go back into my stash of works in progress. So, And then the last thing is uh, the uh, Shetland, the green Shetland that I had spun up. I haven't done anything on it, but we have a spin in next Sunday and I need to get it at least started on the chain ply so that when I take it down there, I can just sit and chain ply my heart to my heart's content while we do the spin in. So that will be lovely. So that's what I'm working on. Hopefully by the next episode, I'll let you know that I'm done tidying up and darning socks and finishing Kitchener stitches. And hey, maybe I might have a pair of leg warmers. (music) 
by the wayside. Nathan asked me the other day to estimate how far along I am on the tapestry. I'd uh, I'd quite forgotten that he'd promised me a pavilion when I finished the tapestry. I mean, I, I can't wait for a pavilion, but uh, but I had completely forgotten that uh, that that was uh, something we talked about. Anyway, I looked at it and I thought about it and and I estimate that I am about fifty percent done. The horse being finished, well, mostly finished. Um, is a huge part of it. There's still a lot of outlining to do, though, and a few little bits here and there. So I think I'm about 50% done, which means that hopefully by next Christmas, um, the tapestry can maybe be a present under the tree, although I think I'm going to be too happy to have it finished that I don't think I want to wrap it up. So so yeah, I had to think about it for a little bit. But yeah, I think I am about 50% done, which is pretty good. It's certainly much further along than I was when I started this whole adventure. I did work on it two Saturday nights. Didn't get a whole lot done. Mostly outlining, uh, finishing up a few things. uh, I'm working on the the heads of the two soldiers and then also working a bit more on on pieces of the horses. Outlining does take quite a a bit of time, so, uh, so there's nothing really that I've finished up so far that I can justify, you know, stopping the outlining and filling in yet. So hopefully over the next couple of weeks, get a little bit more outlining done and, and maybe make it on to, uh, to doing a bit more filling in. So I am really pleased with it though. I certainly am enjoying doing the faces on the two soldiers. It starts tying the piece together and and gives it a bit of personality. So that's where I'm at with, uh, with the tapestry, more outlining in my future. And we'll just see how far I get. So that's the By the Wayside update. Thank you for joining me for episode 24. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 25 on December 15th, 2013. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion in our group on Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside.